Hey, what's up? It's Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. And on today's episode, I'm talking to the one and only Zeph. Let's get into it. Hi, Zeph. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. Okay. Okay, so I don't even know where to start. Is this your first interview? No, I went on Dwayne's podcast. Okay. This is my second podcast. Actually, third podcast. Podcast. Yep. And then what about interviews? Uh, what, what counts as an interview? Like digital, online, media. Oh, no, I've done a bunch of those okay. now. How do you like those? See, when they ask me to like type up my answers, I sound so intelligent, so mm-hmm. put together. Mm-hmm. But then when they like call and then ask in real time... It's so bad because I remember reading one time an article that they wrote from the phone interview and I did not sound coherent at all. Sometimes I wouldn't even answer the question, but I did get diagnosed with ADHD. So that kind of makes sense. You did get diagnosed? When? Um, recently. Okay. Did you go to like... Did... I have a, I actually have therapy after this. I have oh, a, great. He's a therapist and a psychiatrist. So he does like both. Oh, that's a really a one-stop shop. It's great. Mm-hmm. I'm on meds now. <laughs> okay, so you're on meds now. Yes, which great. I just realized I forgot to take, but it's fine. That's okay. One missing a day here or there is okay. So we'll start present and then we'll go to past because I have a lot of questions about I've kind of been able to ride along with you so far from your journey from when we met. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening um, that doesn't know. Like 2019. We met in 2019. Um randomly i found your music online yes on instagram i I remember yeah on instagram i don't know how i found it but i found it and then i i think maybe what i noticed first was you used to do these drawings yeah and then incredible drawings and then you had like music underneath a video that you made like you you would cut together these like anime style videos really incredible like little videos that you would put together for and you had these like 30, 40 second songs. <laughs> <clears throat> it was crazy. It was like so good. And I was like, what is this? Who is this? What are they? Like, is this an artist? Is it? And then I reached out to you and I was like, what's, what's the deal? And then we met up. Because mm-hmm. you were in Maryland. I was in Maryland visiting family. Both from Maryland. We're both from Maryland. You were, you were in, uh, and you were working. like before or after work. Yeah, I was a waitress. And you and your friend came to Starbucks, mm-hmm. and we met. And I was like, "Do you? Are you?" I was so like skeptical because I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> I was like, "Are you, your music's incredible? Do you want to make music for a living?" Like basically, I was mm-hmm. like, "Is this what you want to do?" And you were like, "I think so." Basically, you were like, "Yeah." yeah. So I had art burnout, and I was like, "Music's what I like doing now." I'd much rather be a musician than a waitress. So. Perfect. And then you came and met everybody at MDDN. <laughs> All the actual real people, like I'm not a real person. Like these people are like career people. They work in the music industry. They're like incredibly smart, hardworking people. They all loved you. Even though I cried in the bathroom for three hours. That's another story that we'll, that we'll get to. So that's one story we have to tell. But so this whole, so from, I, I find your music, I think it's incredible. I reach out, I'm in Maryland, we meet up at Starbucks, and then you fly out to LA, mm-hmm. you meet everyone at MDDN. What was that process like for you? And what did that feel like? And what did you think? Well, it was really weird because I was never expecting to like do music for a living because I thought I was going to like go to school for art or like whatever, but I ended up just going to college, like community college for a year, dropped out and started working as a waitress. So I was never expecting like anything to come from my music. And then it was weird because I got kind of like thrown into, not thrown into it, but like I had never experienced any of like the music industry before. So it was really interesting and it was kind of overwhelming. Yeah. But I was like, this is cool. My parents were kind of confused about like what I was doing, but they're like, you're not doing anything else. So you might as well. Um, That's great. Yeah. It was, it still doesn't feel real. Like I think I have like a bad imposter syndrome. Like I don't feel like a, a real musician and I still confuse why like 
people are rooting for me or like doing stuff for me. Like I was doing, I shot a music video recently and I was like, why are all these people here for me? Like I'm not, I don't, I don't do enough to like feel like warrant this much going on. I don't know. I so. understand that feeling, but I will say sitting on the other side, you have 4 million people a month <laughs> just on Spotify listening to your music. And that's with like no, it's not like you had like a radio song or mm -hmm. anything like, I'm telling you, like that's organic. That is actually just people that discovered your music and love it. That's your, to me, like that's the kind of artist you are. I'm a fan of all your songs from the minute I heard your music and along the way as you've released. Now, flash forward to today, you're putting out records of a big following and you're still kind of like, in my mind, you're still just getting started in my opinion. Like you're still just... Like I'm growing into like the musician title. Yes. Doesn't feel real yet. Or it's like, real. Like I know that I'm like a musician, but it's like the singing part that's like weird to me. Right. It's different because I hadn't, I didn't start singing until 2018. So I still feel like being oh, wow. called a like singer. I'm like, I feel like I'm not qualified because <laughs> I, I started like playing piano first and then producing and writing. And then like way later, I started singing. Right. So think about this. I'll stop you there just to like point it out because I understand when not feeling like real. I used to feel that way too until I realized like all the things that I do. I have to point it out for you because you actually do more than me. <laughs> Look, you write, mm -hmm. you produce, you record, you perform, mm. perform. Barely. Uh, you've performed. It was not good. Yeah, but <laughs> you was... perform. Okay. I'm just saying, you sing, you play, you write, you produce, you mix. No. Essentially, you mix. You mm. do the first mix, and then you may hand it over to someone who yeah. maybe you like their mixes better. But you mix. So I'm just saying from a perspective of like ability, there are tons of artists out there that just sing. They don't even write their own stuff. Mm -hmm. There's artists that just write. They can't sing. There's artists that just play really well, but they can't write. There's artists, like, there's plenty of them that are great too. There's like plenty of great guitar players who aren't good writers, mm -hmm. but they write good guitar parts and they play or they play good guitar parts. There's really good producers out there who just produce the shit out of a record but mm -hmm. can't write and can't perform so there's in, it's interesting to me like this quiet kind of shy um what i could perceive as shy but like maybe it's a quiet thoughtfulness right that person who i met in maryland who was a, who was working as a waitress right N nothing against that but certainly didn't doesn't feel like that was your ultimate dream Mm -hmm. My um, ultimate dream of being a waitress. Yeah, like I'm not saying a waitress isn't a bad. Like it's yeah. a great job. It was, I it certainly was not waited. My dream. I waited tables. Was very good at it. I have to say, I was a very, very good waiter. I took a lot of pride in like doing a good job. Mm -hmm. um, but here's this person, also incredible illustrator, <laughs> and let's like go even further. Great copywriter. Like what's a copywriter? Your tweets. Oh. <laughs> your Instagram captions and your tweets. <laughs> like you could actually be like a comedy, right? Like maybe it's not comedy to you, but like I've it's been called really a, a funny. Twitter comedian. Yeah, it's really it's really funny. It makes me laugh out loud. So I'm just wondering from going from when we met in Maryland in your waiting tables to now you live in you live in Los Angeles, you make art and you live your life. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. It's pretty it epic. Is, like It is pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. I remember being like 16 and being like, oh, I wish I could live in LA, but it's like so expensive. And like, what would I even do there? But now I'm like, oh, it's crazy. I actually do live here and actually do do something I like for a living, which is really cool. Never thought I'd get here. So I don't even like care about like getting like famous or whatever. I'm just like, I'm glad I made it here. <laughs> I can tell though that you don't care about fame. It's, it's it's scary, your, but also like I feel like you're an artist. I feel like you're kind of in your head probably a lot, just making things. Like I feel like when you open up and say something, it's it's even your tweets as funny as they are. They're like kind of artistic and like they're 
they're a lot like your lyrics. Like mm-hmm. your lyrics have a lot of that, like it's like getting a the little one-liners. Pe- yeah. And they're clever, but then they're also kind of <laughs> like like definitely more unhinged than my music. But it's important because it all works together. It does. Because people people tell me they're like, Oh, I found your Twitter and I think it's funny, so I started listening to your music and I really like it. Or on the rare occasions, they'll be like, Oh, I found your music, came to your Twitter, was not expecting this. And I was like, Sorry. <laughs> but it works both ways. It's like a good like marketing but not marketing tactic. You know, mm-hmm. just like building my little cinematic universe. What do you care about the most? About music? Yeah, music or like what what about your music or about what you do? Like what do you care about the most? Is it making your music? Is it just getting it off your chest? Is it like what is it that like that you care about that drives you to like do it? Um, well, the first part is I like use it as like coping mechanism. And I'm like, if I'm like going through something, I'll like force myself to like sit down and put it into a song that like makes me feel better. Cause like to get it all out in like a perfectly said way makes me feel so much better. And then also sane. Yeah. And it's like, that's how I like communicate, I guess it makes. Yeah. Cause I can like use the music part also with the lyrics to like, convey how I'm feeling and also it makes me feel better because I'm like being productive with my thoughts mm-hmm. so I'm like if I'm sad I'm not just moping I'm actually like doing something and then other people find it like helpful or whatever but then now that I'm like in the music industry what I've realized is that like something that's really important to me is like staying true to like my vision mm-hmm. and like what I want to share and what I want my like how I want my like art and music to come across because like over like the t- over time I've realized I'm like well if something if I can't have something like a music video or like a photo shoot or like an album art if I can't have exactly what I think would be best for my music then I just don't want to do it at all cuz like what's the point cuz I don't want to be um what's the word like not mis like misrepresented yep cuz that's what people everyone sees that they're going to see that and be like oh you want wanted this you like this thing i'm like no that's not how i feel at all or i'm like yes it is but it's like off i don't know i just want people to like know me i feel like i'm overprotective about my like my feelings and like my like vision and stuff i think actually talking about that's really cool because it's early enough in your career where you have to work these things out so that you mm-hmm. know what how you do something mm-hmm. and you won't compromise how you do it. And I think that's important. There are things though that like I got I do have to compromise like due to like budget stuff or like just right. like I don't know, but I do try to have an open mind because I'm like I don't know everything and maybe someone else's idea is better than mine. But like then again, it is also just still if I like it. If I think it like relates to my music or shows my like if it like has if it contributes to my like creative vision, yep. then I like it. But if it's like some, something completely off that I like don't agree with at all, and I'm like I don't do that. I also think that like you because you're such a good illustrator, you actually understand execution of something when you're concepting it. So like if you come up with an idea, you know if you could execute it. I have this idea, but I know it'll probably cost. $200,000 to do it, you know that that's for later. You're like, okay, yeah. I, I could guarantee like, you, I'll bank that idea. you process it like, okay, I because you're an illustrator I think you, you, and a producer and a writer, I think you understand the process enough that like you already know if you could execute it or not. And I think the execution is always going to have to come from at least you telling people how because – I don't think that when it comes to visionary people, they'll never see themselves as visionaries, but they'll always have visions, <laughs> right? So they'll always feel like imposters. I, yeah, it's yeah, it's normal, me. but you're always going to have a vision and you're always going to want to do something a specific way because your take on things is super cool, um, but you're never going to think it is or you're never – like I read I your tweets. Like I I see where you're coming from and it's like a very artistic – it's the artist experience that's like they're never – I always notice this through line with like really great artists. And I and I swear to you, and I told you this from the beginning, and I've always said this, you're an incredible artist. I think you write incredible music, and I'm always floored at how you do it by yourself. 
<laughs> Most people need a group. They need three, four, five partners. Go look at any pop song on the charts today that are big, right? And look at how many writers are on them. 80% of them, I guarantee you there's more than four writers. And then there's a producer and there's a big, it's a big endeavor. I'm just telling you, like, it doesn't matter how many people know about your music. When they discover it, that's why you continue, it just grows every month. You get more and more listeners because it is really good. It's just, it's super special. But that's probably the hardest part is dealing with all that creativity bottled up in your head and it comes out in all different ways. Like, I mean, I think, I know you've, you've shared that you deal with anxiety and that you deal with, um, you know, I think the ADD, anxiety, all of that is wrapped up in this like kind of brain that I have, you have, we all have different versions of it. Like the artistic brain, we have a very, I think a low tolerance for boredom. Mm -hmm. Boredom kills us and it makes us feel anxious and it makes us, it just, it's devastating. It like, it just makes us really uncomfortable and edgy. And, and I think you're, you're probably always creating, always mm, thinking of things, really. but in um, your head, in my head. Yeah. But like, sometimes I'll have like episodes where I'm just like depressed and like, I don't want to do anything, but yeah. But it also contributes to like, cause then I have stuff to write about. Cause I write about like mental health stuff a lot. Someone, the funniest thing I think that I saw was someone told me that they didn't know how to explain to their therapist, like how they were feeling. So they showed the therapist a bunch of my songs and then they got prescribed mood stabilizers like, wow. immediately. That's awesome. So I was like, yeah. Everyone tells me my music is like BPD coded. I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Do you want to talk about the time, the first time you ever came to MDDN? Speaking of anxiety. To work in the studio? Oh, God. So the, the story, I'll tell it quickly. You came to MDDN the first time to, you know, work in the studio and, and really just meet everyone and see if this was even a vibe, you know? You end up in the bathroom. We were supposed to do a studio session and I got overwhelmed because I was like, I can't sing in front of other people. I right. usually do all this myself. Like, like you said, all I, I do all my music myself. Yeah. And I was supposed to be working with like a producer and I was like, I can't do this. Can't do it. And also I was just overwhelmed because it was like my first time in LA really. Yeah. It's a big deal. And then I was like here for like music stuff. I was also on birth control at the time, which was like messing with my hormones. So I was oh, crazy. Okay. Yeah. So definitely... Looking back on it, I was like, yeah, that I would not cry in the bathroom for three hours today because I'm fine now. But it's a good story. It is a good story. Oh, oh, and then Poppy walked in on me crying in the bathroom like three times. What did she say? She didn't say anything. I was just embarrassed. Oh, okay. She also recommended me Thai food, the Thai food restaurant, but I don't remember what it's called. She's cool. She's really cool. She's <laughs> she's really nice. But also intimidating, like you're yeah. here and then Poppy comes in and I you're like, oh, it's Poppy. I was scared my first impression was like so embarrassing. No, I, I like, they're going to hate me now. No, I actually, it's one of my favorite stories because you were real. You were just like being you. And I knew that like, so I, I just think that like you are unapologetically for better or for worse, whatever, for like, better or for worse. like you're this per <laughs> like, like you're just you. And you just say stuff on like you're my favorite person to follow on Twitter. Oh, if geez. if if you everyone listening, if you want to follow no. Zef on Twitter, no, um, follow me on Spotify first. It's at Zef Z E P H. No, it's not. No, it's my whole name, Zephanie oh, Jong. Zephanie Jong. I wish I could get the Z E P H A N I J O N G. <laughs> Hatsune Mitsuki. I think there there is someone with the account that's just Zeph, but they don't use it. So I'm like, I want that. I want that little. We got to try and get it. We got to tell Twitter to get it. And Instagram too, but this guy whose name is like Joe. I'm looking at your tweets right now. No. I let him cook and I had a life-threatening allergic reaction. <laughs> I'm announcing that I'm announcing something I feel something like I'm being soon. waterboarded right now. No, it's you don't like to hear him back. I don't like to hear him back. You just like to get it out. I To me, okay. Like again, Do you listen to your music? sometimes to check if it's still good <laughs> but like i to meet like four million people i can't even like i don't even know what that means so like when i went on tour with water parks when i like people came up to me i was like oh my god they're real they're like actual people real people yeah so for twitter 
same thing. I don't see, I don't like, they're like not real people to me. So right. I just tune to the void. Yeah. And then people come up to me and then like tell me that they love my Twitter. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot you see it. You actually see it. I, I think know. that at the, I think that like in another year or two, you need to like make a book of all your tweets because there really are really good stuff in there and they're yours. A book? Instead of like a poetry book, like other artists. Yeah. Like, like instead of a poetry book, it's a book of your Twitter timeline. But it is still like poetry, kind of. I, I just put my tweets in like the poetry format. Make it look really exactly. artsy, but it's like so you take, stupid. Here's what you do. You take the, the Shell Silverstein font. I love Shell Silverstein. Right. You know what I realized? He's one of my biggest songwriting inspirations, which I is bet. like funny to think about. I kind like, of like the word feel play, that. You know what I mean? I kind of felt it's that. It's a little goofy, like the wordplay. But there's like good – It it's it's – it's kind of quirky or something, but like yeah. it's real. There's something in there that we all relate to. Like none of us will admit when we're having anxiety, but you will. That is interesting to me because like we all have, especially artists, we have anxiety. Trust me when I say I dealt with anxiety for the first half of my life and then I had to work through and get to the other side of it. And mm -hmm. I did. And it's anyone out there listening that has anxiety that hasn't maybe reached the subject with anyone or maybe they haven't gotten into the work of it like it is something that you can work on and you yeah, can therapy and my meds definitely help yeah so much like can you tell i'm so much calmer now than like before like when you first met me yes <laughs> I feel like i'm like slowly getting put together and i think you've grown in experience mm. you've grown in age you've grown in um i think understanding right and then you've also worked you've worked on yourself you've gotten this program together i think it's all of it together right mm -hmm. i think that like if someone's going to therapy and they're also getting maybe their prescribed medication maybe they doing other things micro dosing or doing all <laughs> whatever anyone's method of like how am i going to get to like a growth how am i going to grow mm -hmm. um there's a you know maybe they're doing a lot of work on themselves like they're reading the character development yeah that's the thing with you is like you never quit music you never stopped mm -hmm. and when i that first day when you had when when you came in here and it was and you went into the bathroom and you were in there for a few hours um a few hours. I was like, Purpose. first of all, I was like, obviously checked on you a few times. And I was like, making sure like, you know, I, I was like, are you cool? You can stay in there as long as you want. All good. Just want to make sure you're okay. And if you're okay and you just need to be in there, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, cool. To, just as long as you're okay. And you were like, I'm good. I just need, you were just like, I just need to stay in here. And I was like, okay. And then you left. And then I remember you like texted me and I was like, whatever, it's cool. Just come back whenever. Don't worry about it. It's a process. And then like you came back and then you just kept going. Mm -hmm. And here you are today and you're, you're making your music and you're, you're building this like world out for yourself that I'm I, – because I don't look at you as like the traditional – artist i think that you're more than just an uh, any one kind of artist and i think you're gonna do amazing art and i and i think it's gonna be music but i also think it's gonna be visual i think it's gonna be things you create mm -hmm. so like i'm just like waiting and watching and like it's all happening and i just kind of go like it's crazy to me that like it all comes from your head got a lot going up in there but it all makes sense mm. And so when you get into like things like anxiety, I'm like, it makes sense. Yeah, my Highly creative. Yeah. My therapist was like, a lot of creative people have ADHD because their thought process is like, I said, when most people have a train of thought, I have bumper cars. Mm -hmm. So it's like all over the place. And he's like, that's where a lot of like random inspiration comes from. Like your like imagination because it's like all over the place. I'm like, that makes sense. Shout out ADHD, I guess. Yeah. ADHD <laughs> makes it very hard to get this episode or remember anything. But this episode of the uh, of the podcast is, is a sponsored by ADHD and um, anxiety <laughs> and borderline. Yeah, exactly. And bipolar. Exactly. That's that's 
How, do you feel like there's a lot of people out there that relate to your music because you're so open about your experience and most people aren't like even me I'm pretty open but I'm not that mm-hmm. open a lot of people tell me that okay because I use that as a coping mechanism I have to like dig deep into myself and like find like like the root of the problem like why am I so upset and like how do I explain all the facets of that and like condensed as possible like concisely and people tell me that my songs like put into words their feelings that they never knew how to explain or even like feelings that they didn't know they had because that's my favorite thing to do because I feel like there are so many musicians so many people write about the same things and I try I do too but like I my favorite thing is to write about like the in-between feelings that like people forget about Mm. so a lot of people write like love songs, right? right? Um but like the one that's coming out is about like What's it called? Like everyone else. Okay. It's about not not necessarily like romantic stuff, but it's like wanting to be extra special to someone. Mm. Like you want to be each other's like number one, like a dynamic duo type thing. Right. Whether that be romantic or platonic or like almost there, I don't know, cuz that's like a thing I would that would happen to me a lot in high school. Like I didn't want to date anybody, but I was like, I want you specifically to be like mine, but in a platonic way. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like, I feel like kind nobody of. writes about like that kind of stuff or like, I don't know. There's a couple. Are you, bi- are you like big on relationships? What do you mean big on relationships? Like, do you always need to be in a relationship? Oh, do you no. feel like a need to be in a relationship? I do not feel a need. For like for a long time, I was very emotionally unavailable, which is why the second half of the album is like about all that. Not mm. being like, oh, I actually don't like you. Because I was like, oh, I don't care. But it just happens when it happens. Right. I don't plan on, I'm not like pursuing a relationship, but it just happens. Right. So. Just kind of strikes you when it strikes you. Yeah. But it's not something I'm like, I need this all the time or I'm right. going to die. You're not the, um, what's that word? Always. Like the attention is nice. Yeah. I'm like, I could not, like, for example, there was like a, a couple guys that were like trying to like be like, oh, I want you to be like my girlfriend. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> I'm like, we can like hang out and stuff, but no, don't put that label on me. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I agree with you. Until you know, and then you'll know when you know. At least I was honest and upfront. I feel like great relationships start that way. I've been married for 12 years, but with my wife for 16 years. And we didn't start off with a, like a expectation of like the label of the relationship. You just like see where it goes. Kind of. Yeah. Like, no, we, we, we definitely like had, we had feelings for each other and, and we were all about each other, but the, the the label of the relationship wasn't the main focus of like yeah. the relationship. And then it grew into this like really quickly, but also like over time mm-hmm. grew into this devoted relationship because that was my person. And that was my, you know, that See, was my partner. I mean, the song, I was like, I want you to be my person. Yeah. Like, like that. And I was like, and whatever happens after that may ha- may or may not happen, but like. I think yeah. we get trained at a young age to label things because I think it's just like part of like how we're raised, you know, like that's just the way it is. But like relationships are a lot more real and a lot kind of more complicated and edgy yeah. and life is more complicated than like labeling things. I just, I, I am also the kind of person that kind of likes to label things because I think it just makes it easier for me to like compartmentalize things to like digest. And also like for mental health, I think I was so hyper fixated on getting diagnosed because my family doesn't really like believe in like mental health and they like never, they're just kind of didn't take me seriously. So like on my own, I was like, I need to figure out what exactly is wrong with me because they don't care. So I was kind of overcompensating. Because I kind of felt like I, I guess I need to like prove to them that there was something wrong with me, which they're very right, much that so you is. had a challenge that yeah. they weren't acknowledging. Yeah. So I like I figured it out though, I guess, and I'm and also breaking it down like that made it easier to like focus on like what the problems were and how to fix them. 
So like, or even just how to live with them. Yeah, exactly. Because I before I didn't even know that I had anxiety. I just like right felt stress all the time. I didn't either. Yeah, because and then I originally was gonna go to therapy for like BPD, but then we, but then I was like, why do I feel crazy all the time? So then we talked. We, me and my psychiatrist therapist talked a lot, and he was like, yeah, you have extremely bad anxiety, and I was like, oh, and he's like, you're also bipolar and i was like i was not expecting that one at all <laughs> so i just fi- like Do you feel relieved out. like to yeah. know like to know those things about yourself yeah and then now now i can like like pinpoint how to fix it or like how to work with it now yeah like 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 I- it's like have it's like t- making the camera like focus and it's like oh that's why so, yeah, it's like a focusing lens. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not just crazy. I'm like, oh, I know it's because of this, this, and this, this. It's clarity. Yeah. And it, at least you understand, like, when you're having an experience, you get there faster. Like, yeah. you're going through anxiety, but then you realize it. And yeah, like, then oh, I'm like, oh. I'm anxious. I'm just freaking out for no reason. And then you can kind of, like, work backwards. Yeah, you, like, yeah. you do, like, the steps. I'm like. I wonder why I'm anxious. Yeah, oh. my therapist, like, you need to find this, this one the little the like base point of it I'm like what exactly is making you so anxious right now and then like tune everything else out and like even for me i found i found you know i struggled with anxiety and um and to be honest i never really talked about it but ptsd when i was younger right mm-hmm. some some trauma and stuff and then um and anxiety when i was so in my 20s was figuring all that out and it was really hard because i i until i went to therapy i didn't know like what <laughs> anxiety was i didn't know what any of it was and um it's like something's something's not right why, yeah here. why am i so stressed and you're like eh, it's not even sh- it's more than stress it's anxiety and yeah. you think you're gonna die yeah <laughs> um but when you get to the help when you talk to someone that's professional and a good person obviously like you work with someone good that you like obviously that really helps when you're but then you suddenly become super clear and it actually does start to dial over time you're how old are you um 23. Or do you not share your age? or is No, that, I just like uh, forgot for a second. Okay. Because I'm um, going to be 24 in like two months. It's, so. a, it's a rude question sometimes. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but so you're super young in your journey of like, how do I like, how am I with this experience of like, okay, but here's what I'll tell you from my experience. Over time, it does dial down because you're more aware of it faster. You become, yeah. and then you can. That's my therapist said too. Even now, I'm like to my my wife. I'll be like, "Honey, I'm super anxious right now. Uh, I don't know why." And she's like, "You always get anxious when we travel or whatever." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And then like we, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we but we have a conversation yeah. that lightens the whole yeah mood. And then it allows us all it's to like go. Figure it out faster. And and yeah, and then to just go through it and not it, it it lets the air out because you every you know y- your partner's aware and then they're like oh, okay you're always a little anxious when we do this and you're like oh yeah I am and then everything's better because we're all just aware of it mm-hmm. and then you it, it's so interesting how that works but I do think that like you have to go and kind of work on it with someone who knows what they're like. A what professional, talking about. yeah, and then you can learn how to like what the why and the how. So, do you feel like people are the people that like your music mm-hmm. that follow you on Twitter? Do you saying you think they should go to therapy? <laughs> no, do you feel <laughs> like you, get you guys? Professional help. Do you feel like you guys are kindred spirits? Do you feel like they share a lot of the experiences? That like they get it. Yeah, like they're sharing your experience. Like, yeah. Do you feel like they deal with a lot of the same stuff you do? Oh, definitely. Because I've always been very open about like mental health stuff and they know that. So they feel like I'm like a safe space to like do that. So sometimes they feel a little too safe and they'll like trauma dump in my in my DMs. Right. And I'm like, I don't know how to help you, but like I hope you get better. I don't know. Do you ever have to just leave some of them and not reply because it's too too crazy? I mean, I, I don't really – I like to read my DMs, but like I'm – I have too much of like burnout to. I used to reply to a bunch of people. I'll reply like if it's like really nice or like funny or something. But like now I just usually just read them and then I like right. don't say anything because like I can't. It's can't you get a lot. It. It's too. Yeah, it's way right. too much. Right. My DMs look like World War Three sometimes. I bet. I can imagine because you do screenshot. You do share some of them and it is pretty crazy. Like I'm. I'm got a lot of really crazy thirsty ones. Yeah. <laughs> but they're fun to. Re- I know a lot of people like. 
like it's like a thing where like girls on the internet are like please don't do this it's like really uncomfortable and weird but i just think it's funny for me personally right i think it's entertaining it doesn't I trigger already, you like yeah, some people because right. i know i know that i'm like oh this is like not i don't have to take this seriously yeah this person's I don't want nuts to. this person's nuts yeah so i just think it's funny right oh i don't know i feel like that's also a good thing for me is because like I guess a lot of people see it as like me being like an influencer just trying to do music, but I'm like, no, I, I think I'm glad that I kind of grew up on the internet first before music. Cause it like taught me how to handle a lot of things. Right. Cause now when people are mean to me on the internet, I just, I just ignore it. Cause it doesn't then, mean anything. Yeah. If you no, well, I mean, sometimes it like hurts a little bit, but I'm like, they literally don't know who I am. And if I don't respond, they're not going to get a reaction out of me and they're going to like give up stuff like that. Are people mean to you sometimes? Not anymore. Okay. No, actually. That was, I could not imagine someone being mean to no, you. No, no. You're the nicest but person I've ever back met. Back in 2018, I think it was a lot of like jealousy because that's when I started to like blow up for like my makeup and stuff. And a lot of like other people were like, I Oh, right. Know. You do you do makeup. I totally yeah. forgot. <laughs> no, but I wasn't even like posting like makeup. It was just like selfies and people got like. Right. I don't know when you when when you blow up like that when you're also like on Twitter I'll like mute a tweet because I know that it's gonna like escape my target audience and like random people are gonna come get mad for no reason like stuff like that that would happen to me a lot when I was like on the internet early on and then I didn't know how to handle it right because I was like frustrated and made me upset so I would like respond to all of it and then they would give it more attention and like make it worse so now I know like that's not how you handle that and I also like know how to like also handle like parasocial stuff because I've been on both sides now. Cause like I start out like being like a huge like fangirl of people and like how to I would be kind of weird and then I'm like okay now I know how to like talk to people without it being weird right but also have them talk to me in like a like joking like friendly way without 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 them thinking that they like know me personally like stuff like right. that like I figured it out like I think I feel like I have the internet pretty much like wrapped around my finger at this point so I'm like really comfortable in it because I know a lot of people are like. Twitter and Instagram, like, such a toxic place. I hate it there. I'm like, I'm having fun because I, like, got it. Yes. I see it with you as, like, I I feel it's really weird. It's hard to explain. To me, you live in this realm. Like, you come to life online. <laughs> like, it's like, it's interesting. You, like, plug in and you, you come to life. You literally control what you do on the internet. Like, you control it. You don't have to let it control you. It's just, like, fun. But it's somewhere I mean? in between, like, like, uh, like... If there was some process where you could like actually go into the internet interwebs and like, <laughs> like Tron, like, yeah, like Tron. Shout out like, Daphne. I feel like you would do it. Like I just, I would do it. I feel <laughs> like be you're anxious to do it. I feel like you're like this. Like you're the you're the the future kind of artist. It's so different from the old analog. <laughs> I like, don't think I've done anything that like revolutionary but that's it is it doesn't have to be revolutionary it just has to be art and it has to be like real art that someone thought of and made it's not con it's not um contrived to be a thing to sell it's yeah. not contrived to be a thing to get likes it's that's literally like you're vomiting yeah. out your art and then we're all making sense of it that's how i see it mm -hmm. It, it just so happens that you're really good at writing songs and making art. And so when you vomit out art, it's better than when all these other people do it. And <laughs> that's how I feel. And I'm telling you, I've, I'm, I'm just telling you from my experience, I know what I know. Mm -hmm. And it, it's personal. So I know what I like. I, I, I see your stuff and I'm like, that's fucking tight. That's different. And also it doesn't feel like you're even trying. It just feels like <laughs> it, it not not like that. I mean, yeah. it, like it's you like know, there's there's trying, a bit, yeah, and then there's like naturally, making, I get, like, yeah. You just make it. Hey, yeah. check this out. I wrote this song. Not it's, like it's gonna be so big. We're gonna do yeah. this, and and that's what I, I always hate to shy do away for the purpose of like following trends or blowing up. I'm like, no, I just like the creative vision thing, and I want to like stay. I just want to make what I like making. Who? Who are the artists around you that you find like, okay, so who, who okay, I'll start with who are your, who, who are you the biggest fan of? Like, what are your favorite top three? Top three? Or five or whatever. Like, who are the first ones that come oh, to mind that you just love? Owl City. Oh my God, this is hard. Jeremy Zucker, who I'm actually like friends with now, which is like crazy to me. Cause okay. Fun story about that. Uh back in like 
when I was in college or high school. I don't know. Maybe not that. I don't know. It was like a while, like a couple years ago. Right. I was like begging my sisters to get me his like signed vinyl for wow. my birthday. And now I just like see him at parties and stuff. And we like talk. It's That's like cool. Weird. I don't really know a lot about Jeremy Zucker. Oh, I am a, I'm a huge fan. Okay. Oh my God, this is so hard. I know Al City. I feel like that's from my time. I'm just going to list off like a bunch. Yeah, just just roll <laughs> the, through the it. The band Camino, Gracie Abrams, uh, Water Parks, um, Gabrielle Applin, early Demi Lovato, like the Disney Channel original. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, why am I blanking so hard? Oh, John Bellion, Hans Zimmer, Coldplay, One Republic. See, I like to It's make, a good list. Yeah. I feel like I... Oh, and definitely like... Early Katy Perry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I... I feel like some of my music comes across as, like, corny, but I'm, like, like the music, like, what's called the instrumental-wise, because I like to reference, like, that earlier type of music, like, like, Disney Channel original songs or, like, mm-hmm. Owl City, how it's kind of, like... I don't... I think it's cool. Yeah. I never like see it as corny. Pop. It's, like, very, very much so, like, pop. But Would like, you say you're... Your like pop, your alternate alt pop, your I think bedroom alt- pop, alternative pop probably. Alt but pop. also some of my more recent stuff because I like electric guitar. Oh, also B B Doobie. Oh yeah, another one. Super cool. Um, she kind of inspired me to go more heavy handed. I was like, oh right, I forgot about like electric guitar and stuff. And I, right, I which can you do can that play. Too. Yeah, no, I can't play very well. But you I was like, oh, play. but that's like a thing I could put in my music. Right. Um. That and like all all of those genres though, like I will always put. I feel like the Zeph touch is like the orchestral arrangement in right. there because it's my favorite thing to do. Because I grew up listening to movie soundtracks. Right, I could see that it's very landscapey. Yeah, but landscapey. I don't know how to like. Every time people ask me like, "What kind of music do you make?" I'm like, "I don't know. How to, I don't know," because <laughs> it goes. It ranges from like bedroom pop to indie pop to like alternative. Yeah, pop it's like indie all pop, like to rock, me pop rock. To me, pop, it's like pop. indie alt <laughs> pop. Yeah. Yes. Made in the bedroom. Like, like is your studio, is your home studio, you have a home studio? Yes. And where is it set up? In my, like next to my room. Okay. So you have like a room that's like your studio room. Oh yeah, it's room. a little like offset. It's basically cool. like where I'm, I'm all, like, it's not a closet, but it's like where all the drawers to my clothes are. So it's right. like kind of like a, it's like a sunroom-ish because it's a sliding glass door. I don't know. It's like weird. How often do you work on music? Um, it depends. Sometimes I'll work on it every day. Sometimes I'll go like a month without doing anything. So I'm just, I don't like, right. I can't. No sparks coming yeah. to your mind. But I don't try to, that's why I don't try to force myself to make music. I just kind of do it when it like comes to me. That's why it feels natural. Cause mm. like otherwise you can kind of tell, I can kind of tell sometimes on Instagram, on my like little songs, I can tell when I kind of force myself to like finish the little song. And I was like, oh, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. In your world and in your life, what are the artists that you feel like, okay, you're going to have an album come out. You have a single coming out. Who do you want to tour with? Like, what's your favorite world to tour? (laughs) Al City? I love Al City. That would be like my biggest dream come true. But I don't- Is he touring? No. I don't. Well, he has an album coming out soon, so Okay. Uh, A lot of people like him. Yeah. The band Camino. Okay. I I like, like, they've not ever made a bad song. And Floor. I really like Floor, too. And they went on tour right. together once, and I, I missed it. And I was sad because I wanted to like go. But How was know. live for you? How did you oh like God. it? Oh, God. I do not think I was – I don't think I was ready because I, like, against my will, have seen videos of me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so awkward on stage. I need to, like, learn how to move around. Like, I, it's embarrassing. It comes. I feel Just like – play shows. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was, like, my first ever time, like, doing shows, so I feel like I had that That's what was the most crazy to me was that you went on stage, you went on tour, and you played shows, and you'd never done it before, and you were good. so many people. And you were good. Like, you can. We, But that's the thing is I think as artists, we, and people, we're always going to be our worst critics, and in our head, we're going to tell ourselves, I'm not enough of this or enough of that, and... You did great on tour. Of course, you're going to go like, oh, I'm not a good performer, just like anyone. But like, you're a natural. Mm. So you're just going to be you. And if that's a little awkward sometimes or. I think I'm just, I'm 
scared of like still scared of breaking the fourth wall because that's why i was so like on the internet like i was right. only known in like pictures and like my tweets and like my music with like that's why i put the little anime videos because i didn't want people to see me singing so funny because i didn't like the way i looked when i sang and also because i wanted to like tell a story with like that matched the song because I, I always wanted to be a movie score composer so i was like i can make but you like, still could films. be yeah that's my biggest dream is like you probably have, will have music even if it's just like like a regular like pop song or whatever just i don't want my music in the show or a movie because that would be like the biggest flex yeah, but you I probably like. will i mean that's the kind of i always see that's the kind of mind you have like mm. likely some as you go down the road in your creative career mm. someone will go i need music for this thing and they'll think of you and mm -hmm. certainly like you're putting it out there and that's how i think most things happen is we a put lot it of, out yeah, there yeah and a lot of people tell me that like my music sounds like coming of age movie like music mm -hmm. so i'm like yes i'm doing it right but i was talking about something and then i forgot oh the, being on stage and breaking the fourth wall like even when i just released like my first ever music video i had a panic attack because i was like oh people are gonna see my face they're gonna see me they're gonna connect like me as a person, like singing and moving, it's a great video. As like to to my music for the first time, because they'd have always seen me as just like, oh, Zeph from Twitter or Zeph from Instagram, and then like Zeph from Spotify. I never like put them together, right? So it's like, I don't know. And then I feel like being on stage, like in person in front of them, is like a whole other level of like, oh, we're all real people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's scary. The video, the, you know. I remember the video of you carrying the mannequin around, yes. and that is like one of still one of my favorite videos. Um, what's the song? Um, Are you? Yeah, because it's supposed to represent like the dead weight of someone who's no longer invested in the relationship. Right. It's really great. Thank you. Shout out Eric. Eric yeah, Rojas. Eric Rojas is a great director. He's awesome. He's 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 really fun to work with too. Uh, he's easy. He's just a good guy. Um, <laughs> What would you say to people that are fans of yours and want to do what you do? Just do it. Do not like the I th a lot of people I've seen stop because they think that their stuff like isn't good enough to put out or they like I don't know. But don't you think that? Or they like think that they don't have a good enough like equipment or like right. all that stuff. I'm like I started off recording with an Apple earbud mic, I'd sing it to like this, sing into it like this, and I would record videos in photo booth on my laptop. I didn't have a mic, so I would record video with the like mic, and then like remove the the audio from the video, and then layer it like that, and also play piano into the the earbud mic, and then I'd layer it in a video editing thing. Cause I didn't have recording. I didn't have like recording software. I didn't I didn't have GarageBand on my laptop that I didn't know how to use it. I didn't have a mic so I couldn't like use it. I, I remember when you like bought your first real recording setup. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's not even like real cuz I also for the longest time I would like sit on the floor in my sister's closet. That's why I recorded forever and always. Just in this at the floor of my sister's closet. Or then I would like when I moved to my first apartment in Maryland, I would sit on like box my no, my laptop was on boxes and I'd sit on the floor. Like it was just like I have had so many bad setups, but like it doesn't matter because like if you have something to like say to like sing and record, people will listen. Also, people like like the I know. Ugh, it's hard for me to say this because I don't like the way that Forever Always sounds. Because like listening I love back, it. it's so it's one of my bad. Faves. Yeah, it's so badly recorded. It's not mixed. But it's like that's whatever. cool. Yeah, but people are like it's lo-fi. I'm like no. It was yeah, an accident. that's what I call it. Was, it was an accident. Yeah, but it's lo-fi. Yeah, <laughs> but like for those people, I like don't let things like that stop you because also because people people get scared. They're like, I can't release anything until it's perfect, and they just end up never releasing anything like ever. So, and I started out pretty bad. Like if you go back in my SoundCloud, oh my god, I could not sing. It was awful. And then the sound quality, because that's how I recorded it with like the Apple earbud mic, it was so bad. But like people could see my progress, and it's cool because they also acknowledge. They're like, "Whoa!" They're like, Did "You get a new mic." They're like, "Your recording sounds a lot better. You're getting better at singing. Like your production is like improving." So I was like, "Okay, it's kind of validating to like see people acknowledge my growth too." So it's like, yeah, don't be afraid to like start small because that's how it all goes. But you also kind of live it, and there is something about that, in my opinion. 
if you want something and you want to be something and you want to do something, you um, do it. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't make a, a, you can't just try to do it. You almost have to like live your life doing it. You have to, it's a lifestyle, right? Like you actually, whether you make music for, you don't make music for a month or whether you make it every day, you're, you're staying true to your inspirational kind yeah. of like pattern or the like, is there. yeah, but you're still doing stuff. You're still like communicating to the world, your art through your to other stuff. Yeah. Other stuff. Do you still draw? Mm, not, no, not really. I know I still can your if I want to. Your drawing is tight. Which is like crazy because I feel like I'm wasting all this potential because like I... You could draw your own art. I know I could draw, but like I just don't have the will to. I'm a fan of music. I've been around music long enough to see things and understand things and have a sense and a feeling on things. And from the time I discovered your music to met you, to when I met you, to the first time you came to the studio and locked yourself in the bathroom, <laughs> to all the moments between... I will say this, there's something about you that's unique that you you move in your own rhythm. And I've always thought that was really interesting and I always kind of respected it. That's why I don't care if you were like, I'm going on a, I'm gonna go climb mountains for two years while I find my next, like, I'm just saying like, I would go, <laughs> cool, yeah, go do it. Cause there's, there's, there's an artistic approach to life that mm -hmm. yes, it comes with, other things that you probably have to deal with the anxiety or the, but I do think that, that when you're an artist, you see the world in a different way. And then you explain back to us what you see in mm -hmm. a different way. And that is to me, what you're doing with your art. You're, you're telling us back what you're seeing. I would imagine that there's a bunch of people listening to your songs, reading the lyrics and going, this is exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like anyone else actually got it people tell me that it's because like i use pretty simple words like i don't use like anything flowery or whatever yeah i do sometimes but like they say that the the like word choices and the way that i like like i don't know i guess like put things together like the juxtaposition stuff like really emphasizes the emotions that i'm feeling yep. and then they're like I don't know. It's cool because a lot of people have said that they listen to music for like years and years and years and I've never like felt anything until they listen to mine. And then that's what like unlocked the like emotional like, oh my God, I'm so honored. Stuff like that. Which is crazy because I did terribly in my creative writing classes in school. And yeah. Stuff. So school I don't know sucks. where like writing poetry came from. I think Shel Silverstein. That's what I mean. Like I, I swear I hear, I, I, it's funny <laughs> you say that because I always felt a little bit of Shel Silverstein in your writing. And I always thought she should do a book of, even if it's unreleased songs that you just put the lyrics into a book. I have lots of my notes that I like don't turn into songs. It's just it, like just a like book of, of poetry and yeah. lyrics that like we haven't been able to hear yet. I think if you don't do that, I'm going to be really mad at, <laughs> I'm going to be really mad at some point if, if you don't. I'm ever um, required to make a book. And did you grow up on anime and stuff? I didn't really grow. I kind of started watching it in high school. Okay. Actually, no, but there was one that I grew up watching from when I was like 10 to now. I've seen the, the whole thing because it's only one season. It's right. my favorite one, uh, Maid Sama. I've seen it like 30 times because she kind of, that's why like I was kind of the way that I was in high school because I kind of realized that like she, her personality suited me. Yeah. And I like related. So I kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I was talking about that. Uh, we were talking about your album art, and then we were talking about all artists, and I was kind of interested in how you got interested in those artists and where that all comes from. If you grew up on it, kind of and... like I just find them on the internet, and I'm like, oh, I yeah. really like this. But yeah, but no, even like before the internet, like the artist who's doing my album art, which is crazy to me. Like I even knew of her; I've known of her for like a long time, and she's like really well known. So I'm like, that's exciting. It's crazy. Are there any women and or men that you feel like are your absolute heroes? And it doesn't have to be a musician. It's just a person. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> he's so yeah, cool. He's cool. You grew up uh, listening to his soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have never seen a single Batman movie, but my mom, because my mom worked at the library. So we'd like borrow um, CDs all the time. She worked at the library? Well, she still does. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like a public library? Yeah. Wow. She's a librarian. 
my mom's library my dad's a pastor which i think is really funny that oh like, wow your dad's a pastor yeah wow yeah i know, I know you're like your tweets um oh that's why they can't see my internet anyway so but like she would bring home like albums because she knows she knew that i like music a lot so she brought home like the dark knight rises yep. mm-hmm. soundtrack and i listened to that like crazy all like the the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. So your mom has actually had a big influence on your musical development because um, she brought home those soundtracks. Yeah, because she noticed early on. That you liked like, it. Yeah, because, oh my God, when I was three, I had a toy piano and I would play it a lot. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take you to like a real piano lesson. So I started going to piano lessons when I was three. And you can play piano? Yeah, so I was classically trained, but then I like hated it But can you play classical? Not well. Not well. Because I, I stopped playing classical in like eighth grade and then pivoted to like, because I hated it. I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. Um, but I'm glad she forced me to do it because I learned like music theory and stuff. So right. like, that's how I can produce and stuff now. But then the last thing I learned from hmm. my um, piano teacher, she's like, we went to the music store and she's like, pick out any any of the books you want. And I picked out Phantom of the Opera, which was like so difficult. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn the whole the like main song, like the Phantom of the Opera on the piano. There's so many key changes. It's like eight and a half pages long. Mm. I had to memorize it. But then I was like, I don't want to do Andrew this anymore. Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I quit piano lessons. And I was like, I also have always had relative pitch. So I think that's why she signed me up for piano lessons. Because when I was three and I had the toy piano, I told her I want, I made up a song. So I showed her and I played it. She was like, that's great, but that's Mary Had a Little Lamb. That's already a song. Right. But like imagine me being three years old, figuring out how to play a song by ear. Like that's kind of crazy. It's awesome. So, but now I go back to it. Your mom, who may not understand completely yeah. your career choice, because it if, if we're talking yeah. about like what we're doing with our life, we can call it a career, mm-hmm. um, uh, is maybe one of the people who nurtured your development yeah. more than she... She realized. Then she realizes. Like that's pretty interesting. She was the kind of mom who it's like you know like you're like you have a little baby you play Mozart for them when they're sleeping so they get smart. I think right. that's where a lot of it came from. She would get a lot of like Mozart and like like play like opera not operas but right like plays but they're musicals from yeah and then just play it and then also another one of the biggest music music inspirations to me is the Barbie Princess and the Popper soundtrack because we had the CD wow. we play it every single day when I was like small and I think that's where my interest in like strings and like kind of pop-ish music came from that and like Owl City. Owl so, City? Mm-hmm. And Owl who City. played you Owl City? That's actually the first music. Okay, so growing up, because my dad's a pastor, my parents are very Christian. They wouldn't let us listen but to music. But he's Christian, right? Owl City? I Something so. like that. But I've back heard. then, they wouldn't let me listen to anything but like the Christian radio stations. Got so it. they would yeah, only play like, the same things over and over again. That's and how so, I grew up, believe it or not. So one day, shout out the internet, I found out that pandora was a thing and yeah. i could make my own playlist or like not playlist like stations and so the first thing i voluntarily started listening to when i was like 12 11 or 12 was owl city so Good choice. i grew up yeah super cool owl city is the first artist i ever voluntarily listened to yeah so. very musical uh you can, you can definitely hear it the all his stuff super musical mm-hmm. like him That's john cool. bellion um, Coldplay, One Republic. I really like how they all use like strings and stuff, but with like synths and like traditionally like either like rock or like pop or whatever. Because I'm like, I really think that you should combine orchestras and like stuff more because it's really pretty. Also, she would take because we're homeschooled, we're weird kids. She would take. Oh, us you to, were like, homeschooled? Yeah, up until tenth grade. Wow. And, yeah. So that's also kind of why I'm like weird and the weird childhood. Probably super smart. Mm. Think so. Probably graduated early. No, I graduated regular. Okay. And then I dropped out of college. Like going to college wouldn't be like your true path. Yeah. But I didn't like, even want to go to college, but my parents were like, Would you to. say that now you feel like you're on your like true path? Like this yeah. is where you're this is where you're you're heading I feel towards. Like this is what your, I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Your destiny is ahead of you. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Wait, what was I talking about though? I was talking something leading up to like the school thing. Oh yeah. She would take us to the Kennedy Center. Do you know what that is? Yeah. It's Maryland? Of yeah. Of course I do. So they would have like all these like really cool shows and stuff. And my favorite ones were the ones like live bands. Yeah. There's one with like an orchestra, like a full like string section. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I want this. All my years and, you know, two and a half decades of, of doing this music thing. Um, every now and then I meet an artist where I go, well, 
well, they're different. That's cool. That's special. That is you when we met and now watching you put this music out and continue to like go down the road and be you is probably been one of the like more fun things I've been able to watch. Um, uh, it's time for your appointment. Yeah, my th- it starts in 15 minutes. I don't know if I can get home in time. Okay. I still have to talk to Nabeem. Let's go. You can talk to him later. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Sorry that was like the, I don't know. It's the perfect Zeph ending. <laughs> time for therapy. <laughs> but also I just want to say, because I feel like uh, my music on, I have more music on YouTube than I have on like Spotify and stuff. And if people, I feel like I'm getting like too like deep or whatever. And they're like, your music's not that deep. And I'm like, go to my, go to my YouTube channel. There's more there. Go check out the YouTube <laughs> it's more, channel. more emotional over there. <laughs> check it all. I, I honestly listen to all of it. Um, and I don't, you, all your music's good. All of it is, is anyone who's a fan will only be more of a fan as they, un, as they get deeper into the catalog. So, and I think that's what you're seeing with all of your like numbers just growing every month because people get into one song, but then they dive in and they, they learn there's a lot there. There's a lot of layers. So, um, good job, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and you got something out of it. It was a fun one. See you guys next time.